Welcome to lesson one of our Go 301 class. This is the class designed to talk about the pathway to discipleship, to go and make disciples here at Palm Vista Community Church. Uh, Our mission statement really comes from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. This is This is the the mission that Jesus gave his disciples uh, when he ascended into heaven. This is what he said. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here's the question. How do we develop a definition of a disciple and a way to test, to see if that person is a disciple? How how do we do that? Because once we have that, once we have the definition of a disciple, and then once we have some, well, some people would call them metrics, things we can use to measure, hey, are you a disciple? Then we know how to develop the pathway to discipleship at Palm Vista Community Church. So that's what we want to do. As you can see in your notes there, we want to define a disciple and the metrics to measure one. That is to say, a disciple. So we want to define a disciple and then some metrics. How do we measure whether you are a disciple? If I were a sprinter and I were running the 100-yard dash, there are metrics. Primarily, they're a stopwatch. And I'm either going to run it fast, faster than other people, or I'm not. And as I train, that metric helps me understand, am I training well? Is my training going well? So there might be a a section where they're they're measuring my explosive start out of the blocks. How fast do I get out of the blocks? So I can work on on preparing that and and improving that. There might be some metrics on how I do in the middle of the race. Am I tightening up? Am I loosening up? You know, as I train, it tells me how to train to then be a good sprinter. So we need to define a disciple and define the metrics of testing to measure one so that we can then define a pathway of discipleship here at Palm Vista Community Church. So, in your notes, a disciple is defined in the following way. A disciple is a maturing follower of Christ who is seeking to make disciples. A disciple is a maturing, important, important adjective there, follower of Christ who is seeking to make disciples. All right, Al, that's good. That's a good basic one-sentence definition of a disciple. But give me a portrait of a disciple. So let's paint a portrait of a disciple. Uh, We're looking at a full picture of a disciple. So here it is in your notes. Maturing believers of Christ who are seeking to make disciples. Now here you go. They connect... They grow and they go. Now, if you've been in Palm Vista for any length of time, those three words are going to resonate with you. Those are part of our mission statement. Uh, A disciple is one who connects, grows, and goes to make disciples. But let's tease that out a second. So a maturing follower of Christ who is seeking to make disciples connects. How? He or she is living consistently under the direction of the Word of God, the compelling love of Christ, and the control of the Holy Spirit. So that person is connected. 
Now, we want to make this very clear. The only reason they're connected is because God has sovereignly connected them. In our Connect 101 course, we are very clear about that. We believe that it is God who connects us to himself, and he does that unilaterally. It's the doctrine of election, the doctrine of God's choice of us. But, but, but if, if you're a disciple, that means you're connected. That means God has connected you to himself. That means God is connecting you to the church. That means that you are connected to God's people. So one of the metrics is, is that person connected? Do they attend church? Do they attend community group? Are they meeting with others? Are they compelled by the love of Christ? What is the, the primary driving force of their life? Is it the love of self? Is it the love of money? Is it the love of pleasure? Or is it the love of Christ? And are they controlled by the Holy Spirit? This is what Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Is is that person's life indicative? Does it look like Jesus? Those are some nice metrics there. All right. Next, they grow. They grow. They are becoming more like Christ in community. Learning to exercise their spiritual gifts in the church and in the world. So if I were painting a portrait, the connect part would be the head. So I'm, I've painted your head, I've painted your face, your hair. Now the grow part would be the body. Let's say I start painting your, your physical body, your arms, your legs, uh, your torso. Uh, are you buff? Do you have muscles? Are you beautiful? Are you buff and beautiful? Um, the, the question is, are we, is this person who's been connected by God to God and to others, are they becoming more like, do they look more like Jesus? Wow, now, here's a pretty serious metric here, right? Um, and, are they, and are they doing that in community? Remember, in our Connect 101 class and in our Grow 201 class, we talk about community being really a place where we grow. It, it's, it's impossible to grow by yourself. I'm sorry. That, that is not biblical Christianity. It, we grow in community. And it's God's community. And so are they growing in community? And then here's the key. Are they learning to exercise their spiritual gifts in the church and the world? That is to say, are they making disciples? Ah, you mean I'm supposed to make disciples? Yes, you are. I mean, remember, our definition of a, of a disciple, of a follower of Christ, is a maturing, follow, maturing follower of Christ, becoming more like Jesus, who is seeking to make disciples. Now, Seeking to make disciples. So we're, we're all in various stages, right? Okay. But we're seeking to make We want to make disciples. You're here in this class, or if you're listening to me, it's because you want to say, Al, I want to make disciples. What's the pathway for me to become a disciple? What's the pathway for me to be equipped and, and, and trained to use my spiritual gifts in the church and in the world? By the way, discipleship, guys, begins with evangelism. Now, because we are reformed in our theology, and because we believe in, in the doctrine of election, and because we believe that it is God's elect who are going to be saved, we don't know who they are. Some of them are, are fast bound in darkness right now in our communities, and they're waiting for the moment when God said, today's the day, you go preach the gospel, I'm going to give them light, and they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be converted. Well, so the discipleship process begins with evangelism. And then moves into growing to be like Christ, joining the church, and then, and then each of us making disciples. So that the church's function is to help you grow in your spiritual gifts, like it says here, to exercise those spiritual gifts in the church and in the world. 
right? So both ends. So I'm making disciples, whether it's serving the poor, whether it's feeding the hungry, whether it's working for social justice in my community, whether it's uh, with my kids in their schooling and, and, the, and the parents or, or, or activities for the children, or it's a professional organization that I'm a part of. I'm, I'm using my spiritual gifts in the church and in the world to make disciples. And then finally go. So now we're, now we're at their feet, all right? So we, we, we painted their head and their hair and their face, beautiful face. Then their body, their buff, their torso. Now we're at their feet. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who go to make disciples. Here we go, go. All right, learning to share their faith in word and demonstrate it indeed as they invest their lives in others. I'm so sorry, I have to sneeze, but it won't come. So it's about to come. When it comes, it's going to explode all over you. All right. All right, so, so, so now we've got the head, we've got the torso, the body, the arms, the legs, and the feet. Right? They're going. They're going. I'm going to share my faith in word and deed. I'm going to um, demonstrate it in deed. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a process of discipleship that develops this kind of person so that they can go to where they live, where they work and where they play and make disciples. Make people that look like Jesus, that are growing in their maturity, that are becoming more and more like Christ, and who themselves have a vision to go and make disciples, both in word and in deed. That's, that's, that's the destination that we're heading toward. That, that's the portrait of a disciple that we have hanging up on the wall at Palm Vista. Now, this kind of person, if you'll notice underneath that, we're not, done with the, uh, we're not done with defining the disciple yet. This kind of person is going to be characterized, the details, the, the, the lines in their face, how big their nose is, their ears, their lips, uh, you know, their hands, their feet, their knees. That's these six areas that you see highlighted underneath. So in other words... A maturing follower of Christ who is seeking to make disciples, who is connected by God to God and to others, who is living consistently under the direction of the Word of God and the compelling love of Christ and is controlled by the Holy Spirit, who grows, is becoming more like Christ in community and learns to exercise their spiritual gifts in the church and the world, and who goes, who's learning to share their faith and word and demonstrate it indeed as they invest their lives in others. That, that life is characterized by these six things. Now, Obviously, you're sitting here going, who died and made you the expert of the universe, Al? Right, I got you, okay? But you have to boil things down into six things, or even seven, but never eight. Uh, Because it's the way we humans think, right? So what we're trying to do is, when you take those top three things and you look at this portrait, you're saying, these six areas have to be addressed in the disciple. Just let me give you a peek into the future uh, classes of Go. And it's these six areas that will control the curriculum that Palm Vista uses and, and, and then the method by which we can work that curriculum because a curriculum doesn't disciple people. People disciple people. But you need a curriculum to say, if, if they're going to be that, if they've got to run 10.6, then they've got to learn how to get out of the blocks in 1.2. See what I'm saying? That, so these six things are like, are like the metrics. We've got to address these areas. We've got to teach these areas. We've got to model these areas. We've got to equip these areas. We've got to have accountability around these areas. You see what I'm saying? All right. So here are the six. Number one, living by his grace. There should be in your notes, right? You're in the right class? Okay. 
living by his grace. That means people who are rooted in grace. So we're going to be, we're going to be addressing kind of, you don't have to write these down, but just listen to them. We're going to be addressing the role of grace in our salvation. I alluded to that. Are we saved because we choose God or God chooses us? In our sanctification, are we saved by grace, but we're sanctified, that is to say, become more like Christ through our own efforts? What's the role of grace in our sanctification, becoming more like Jesus? We, need, we want to address living by grace, establishing our identity in Christ. This is all under living by His grace. We want to see the role of grace um, in how we parent our, our children. We want to see the, the doctrines of grace. We want to learn, we want to teach ourselves and others, how we relate to God. Do I relate to God by my works? So if I have a good day, I relate to God well. If I blow it, if I, if I lust, if I get angry, if I covet, if I envy, if, you know, then I'm not even going to talk to God today because somehow God's not going to talk to me if I sin. Okay? And by the way, in this area of living by grace, we need to look at the doctrine of man. Is man basically good or is he bad? Okay, so those are some nice metrics, right? Okay, second, living for his glory. Living for his glory. That addresses the worship issue. Now, I don't have time today to get into all this. Obviously, I'm very excited about all this. But this is where we address what's at the core of your life. What or whom do you live for? God made us as worshipers. We're going to worship. The question is who or what? So we're addressing, addressing the very reason man was made was to worship. We're talking about root issues. We're talking about ambition. What drives me? Is it godly ambition? We're going to address, hey, is it okay to be ambitious? Yeah, sure. But let, may it be godly ambition, not selfish ambition. We're going to address servanthood. Why do I serve in the church? We're going to address spiritual gifts, guys. I mean, worshiping God means using everything he gave me. My nationality, the languages I speak, the education I have, the physical attributes I have to serve him, not myself, right? And, we're gonna, we're gonna, and, and here we're going to also talk about calling into ministry. Some will be called to be full-time ministers, okay? Third, living in the true knowledge of God. Ah, now this one is almost like theology proper, right? I mean, we, we've got to understand, what is Scripture? What do I believe about Scripture? How about, how about God? Who is God? How about the Trinity? How about who is Christ, what's called Christology? Isn't that theology proper? How about the Holy Spirit, what's called pneumatology? How about salvation, what we call soteriology? Who is God? Can I be like Christ? I thought he's God. If he's God, how can I be like Christ? Well, you have attributes of Christ that are communicable. He was kind. He was gentle. He was loving and incommunicable. He was omniscient. He knew everything. He was omnipotent. He was all-powerful. Okay, can't go there, right? So, so <clears throat> this true knowledge of God, those are metrics. How do we measure those? See what I'm saying? All right. Fourth, this kind of disciple whose portrait we just painted lives in community. Living in community. Living in community. Here's the doctrine of the church, my dear friends. What do we believe about the sacraments? Are there nine? Like some, you know, coming from a Catholic background. Are there two? How do they, how do you do, why sacraments? We want to train on that. How about the church? How, is the church important? Can I just pray with a few friends in my living room on Saturday night and go to the football game on Sunday and I did church Saturday night? How about, how does, how's the church governed? What is this church discipline stuff? 
And then even talking about marriage to a degree. Um, yeah. Why do I say marriage? Because Paul said the church is a picture, or the marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. So some would say marriage is a sacrament. I'm not sure I'd go there. It's certainly a covenant community. And again, you understand, we've boiled it down to six. This, this isn't a perfect, comprehensive list. Okay. This is a place to get started. Okay, number five, living to invest in others. So this disciple, this, this person, this portrait of a person that we're trying to develop, that God's called us to make by his grace, but for his glory, who looks like this, also is one who lives to invest in others. Friends, th- this is discipling proper. We should seek to be making in Paul Vista people that live to disciple others. That's normative Christianity. That's not just for leaders. Here we're going to talk about evangelism because I believe evangelism is part of discipleship. We're going to train people how to evangelize. We're going to talk about biblical fellowship. What what does that look like? Here we are going to talk about parenting because if you're a parent, you better start with your discipleship with your children. Actually, if you're married, you start with your spouse. And if you're unmarried, you start with all the friends that are closest around you that you are most uh, built next to and then the people in the church and then the world. We're going to talk about mercy ministries here. Here's where we talk about missions. Global missions. We're going to hear from a Turkish pastor this morning. And then finally, living in God's world. What in the world does that mean now? This is where we train people to make disciples where they live, where they work, and where they play. Your mission field is where God has placed you as an employee, as a, a, a student. Uh, it's the neighborhood that God has placed you in. Here's where we talk about engaging the culture. We talk about biblical ethics. The election is coming around the corner. How do we talk about these issues? We're going to equip you in the areas of creation, cosmology. Um, Who is God? Did he create this universe? We're going to talk about biblical manhood, biblical womanhood. What are the roles? Did God make men and women different? We're going to talk about the sanctity of life. We're going to talk about stewardship. How do you handle it? Is it your money or is it God's money? And we're going to talk about suffering. All right, you're probably as exhausted as I am right now, right? But I'm excited. These are metrics. Now, we're not going to get these overnight, and no one will ever get these perfectly. And there's probably more, but we've got to start somewhere. Okay? But this is the portrait of a disciple. This is who God is calling us to make. Now, we know we can't do it. He does it, but he uses us. Whether it's my children, whether it's my best friend, whether it's the family I live with, whether it's my husband, whether it's my wife, whether it's my fellow workers, whether we should be seeking. And they're all going to be in different places. My fellow worker who's an unbeliever, I'm still, I'm I'm trying to make a disciple. What's the next step with them? Well, to preach the gospel. Okay? All right, I'm getting ahead of myself, which I always do because I had a little too much Cuban coffee this morning. Let's now, we've defined a disciple. And we've laid out some metrics to measure one. Now let's define discipleship. What? Yes, yes. Let's define discipleship. If this whole class is about going to make disciples, if it's about discipleship, let's talk about it for a second. And by the way, let me just pause here. I'm deeply indebted, first of all, to a team that's working on this. And one of the team members is here, Raphael Corey. Uh, there are others that we've invited into this team to help us try to think through this. And we, as a team, are indebted to authors like Mark Dever, uh, like Randy Pope, um, like Hudson. Forgot his first name. He's in England. Neil Hudson. Uh, 
Yeah, and others, okay? Men that, that are pastors, that are men of integrity, that have thought really carefully about these things. So especially this defining discipleship point, I borrowed from them, okay, pretty heavily. But in your notes, you see it says there, here's discipleship, you ready? This is, I'm pretty sure this comes from Dever, and I apologize that I didn't text it, but it's at the bottom of the, the first page. Do you see it at the bottom of the first page? Define discipleship, okay. Here it is. Investing our lives in others through teaching and training so that they may become mature followers of Christ who are making disciples. Investing our lives. Not handing them a book to read. Not giving them a tape to listen to. Not, okay, you got it? Not sending them to youth group. Hoping that the youth pastor will somehow knock some sense into them. Um, but, But it's messy. It's time-consuming. It's all-consuming. It's in Jesus gave his life. There's the model. You got it? You, you, you can't do this by remote control. You can't farm this out. You can't delegate this. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Uh, to include pastors. It's easier for me to stand up here and preach right now and talk and yell and scream and try to be funny. Uh, it's harder to go have a coffee with you or to meet with you every week for... 24 weeks over a curriculum and tell you I'm going to memorize some scriptures and the next week you come and say, hey, did you memorize the scriptures? Let me hear it. Or you ask me, you know, women with women and men with men, hey, how are you doing in the area of purity? How are you doing in the area of, you know, coveting? Are you, you know, you know we, we share with each other our weaknesses. Got it? All right, that's a lot harder. <laughs> okay. Now, turn the page. Uh, the second, second side of your notes, I believe, is defining now the stages of discipleship. So if we've dis- defined discipleship per se, what are the stages of it? Now we're getting to the place of a pathway to discipleship. We're going to finish there. But what are the stages of discipleship? And I just want to make this very clear. I alluded to this earlier. I believe evangelism is the first stage of discipleship. Uh, no one's going to argue me off that one, at least not here. Uh, That, I am reformed, God is sovereign, he has his elect from the foundations of the world. I know that may challenge you, fine, but that's God. (laughs) Okay, So the elect are there, I don't know who they are, so the first step of of discipleship is I'm evangelizing. Now, I want you to ask yourself two questions as we look at these questions. In each stage, I want you to ask yourself, this is important, right? What do they need to know and what do they need to do? Do you see those two questions I have there? I didn't put them under the next two stages, but I want you to think through that. Because if you're going to develop a pathway to discipleship, you have to have metrics, and then you have to have a way to get there. If if you injured your leg, your physical therapist has a plan to get you back healthy. She's got metrics. She's got weights that you're going to build from one pound to three pounds. I did that with my elbow to five pounds. When I finally got to 10 pounds, she goes, you know what? I think that's a lot better. You got to have that. So what do they need to know and what do they need to do? So in evangelism, what do they need to know? By the way, I'm so sorry. When I was defining discipleship, can you go back there for a second? Again, you know me, I'm flying down the road at 5,422 miles an hour. Can you write down four scriptures there? And again, we got about... 15 minutes left, and I really want to get into the defined pathway. But I messed up there. I should have given you the four scriptures. If you're listening to this, this is new material, so don't get mad at me. Um, number one, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Now, why am I using that to define discipleship? 
because remember the definition of discipleship is to invest our lives in others through teaching and training so they may become mature followers of Christ who are making disciples. Jesus himself said, here's a mature follower of me. One who loves God. That's that scripture. It's called the great commandment. One who loves God and loves his neighbor. Okay? The next one we already went through, Matthew 28. You've already got that. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. But then I think this one's important. Colossians 1, 28. Colossians 1, 28. Colossians 1, 28. This is where Paul said, I labor. And the word there in Greek is agonizomai. Agonizomai. Do you hear the word agony? Okay. I labor to see Christ. And he actually says, I labor and I proclaim Christ, warning and teaching with all wisdom. And then he says this, to present everyone mature in Christ. I mean, that's what Paul gave his life for. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what he's called us to do. Now, we're not Paul, we're not Jesus, but he's given us our little world and our sphere. Okay. And then the last scripture I want you to write down is Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Um, and, and this is the area, uh, I'm going to read you a quote from Randy Pope. Um, Randy Pope. But this is the area where I think when you, when you hear this quote, this is Pope's definition of, the, of discipleship. I think you'll understand it, okay? Discipleship is laboring in the lives of a few. This is Randy Pope. Just listen. Laboring in the lives of a few. I don't have that quote on your notes, so I'm sorry. Laboring in the lives of a few with the intention of imparting one's life. But, that, but that's not enough. It's not, it's not enough for me to impart my life because what do I have to give anybody? The gospel and God's word in such a way to see them become mature and equipped followers of Christ committed to doing the same in the lives of others. Let me read that one more time. So, discipleship according to Pope, and I I boiled this down, obviously, into that little sentence I, I have in your notes. But Pope would say, discipleship is laboring in the lives of a few with the intention of imparting one's life, the gospel, and God's word in such a way to see them become mature, becoming more like Jesus, and equipped using their spiritual gifts, followers of Christ, committed to doing the same, what? Imparting their lives, the gospel and God's word in other people's, in the lives of others. Guys, that, that, that has to be the goal. That has to be the goal. That's the metric. Okay? All right, so back up to the define the stages of discipleship. Evangelism. What do they need to know? For this stage, they need to know the gospel, right? So, so if you're going to make a disciple and this person is a non-believer and you're in the evangelism phase, what do you need to know? You need to know how to share the gospel. And what do they need to know? The gospel, <laughs> of course. And what do they need to do is repent and believe. Now remember, we believe that scripture says the only way they can repent and believe is if God enables them to. But my friends, here's the mystery of it. He's called us to go preach it. How will they hear unless the preacher goes? And that's Romans 10. So we've got to go. Okay? All right. So what does that tell us? What's the metric? We've got to train ourselves and our church and one another how to share the gospel and be fearless in it. Where we live, where we work, and where we play. By the way, starting with our own family members because our children aren't born believers. Okay.
Let's go now to New Convert. New Convert. So, by the way, also, what do they need to know? The gospel. They need to know their sin. They need to know a Savior. And they need to know the need for a Savior. Uh, we also need to be able to teach them the, the nature of faith and repentance. Right? Do, you know, as soon as you hear this, you're thinking, do I know the nature of faith and repentance? How can I go make a disciple if I don't know it? See, then that drives how our pathway, which we're going to see in a moment. All right? It drives it. And you're going to see that our pathway needs shoring up at Palm Vista. I mean, we're doing good, but we need to, we need to get, do, get a little better. All right, and what do they need to do? Obviously, they need to repent and believe. And by the way, you know what else they need to do? Get baptized. Right? We are, we are baptistic in that sense. We're reformed, but we're baptistic. Okay? They need to be baptized. All right, so you got that? Boot. All right, let's go to a new convert. What's a new convert need to know? Wow, there's a lot. All right, I'm going to blow through it. We're going to tease this out in the coming weeks. You trust me on that? Okay, so we're going to walk through all this in the coming weeks, I promise you. But let me just tease it out for you. Here's what, a, just listen. What does a new convert need to know? He needs to have foundations and assurances. We need to help them take steps to grow in faith rooted in God's word. So they need to know God's word. We need to help people to be established so that they don't fall away when difficulties and persecution come. They need assurances. They need assurances of salvation, of forgiveness, of answered prayer, of victory. Again, this is so much. Just, we're going to go through these in, in the coming weeks. Of guidance, of God's love. They need to, they need to know that they need to confess sin on, a, on an ongoing basis. They need to know the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. They need to know how to pray. They need to know how to read scripture. They need to know about the church. They need to know about Christian fellowship in the church. They need to know how to share their faith. Right? Because we're, we're, we're making maturing followers of Christ who make disciples. They need to be rooted in the gospel of grace. They need to learn what it means to grow in grace. And what do they need to do? What does a new convert need to do? Well, I'm telling you right now, a new convert needs to join the church. I'm not saying he needs to join our church, but he needs to join a church. Someone needs to be talking to him about joining the church. They need to start reading the Bible and praying. Not to earn God's approval, they have that, but because they have that, they need to join a small group. I think you grow in community. They need to take the Lord's Supper, and if they haven't been baptized, they need to be baptized. By the way, if they're living with their girlfriend or boyfriend and they're not married, they need to get married. I mean, I know this sounds like, but I mean, these are nice little metrics. We're not being legalistic. What did Jesus say? Make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Now, it may take a while. I got it. You may, they may have to be in a Bible study for a while to learn the importance of marriage, that you're not supposed to just live together. And, and it may take a while. I got that. And the word of God's going to convict them in the spirit of God. But at least you, we've got to have a pathway that they're hearing that stuff. And by the way, you know one other thing they need to do? They need to share the gospel. Finally, church member. So what does a church member need to know? I'm still working on this one. <laughs> all the stuff we just talked about, because none of us know it that well. But I think also God's love how to walk in the spirit, how to be grounded in the doctrines of faith. I'm going to be preaching about that this morning a little bit. 
um, how we were supposed to contend for the faith. More to come on that. What do they need to do? I, I think they need to definitely be a committed part of a, of a small group. Now, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about what those small groups look like. Heretofore, we've just had community groups. We, we, we may be adding some things here. We're never going to stop having community groups because those are wonderful. We, we may add a few, but the, the conviction is they need to be in a group of people who know them and they know and are committed to reading the Bible, applying the Word, equipping one another, training one another, not just hearing someone preach, but walking it out together, being missional about it, and praying like crazy together. Now, typically we've been doing a lot of that in our community groups. We want to keep that. But maybe there's some other groups you know, that, are, that, that can be a little more intentional and focused. They need to serve in the church, if you remember. They need to serve in their gifts. They need to give their tithes and offerings. Here's the deal. We now need to talk about the pathway to discipleship. I've got eight minutes. What's, what's encouraging is we're going to take the rest of the class and talk about this pathway. Okay? But here's the bottom line. What churches can be guilty of, and I think Palm Vista has been guilty of it, is teaching and preaching on this and then immediately delegating people to go do it. And we miss a key step. The key step is the hands-on discipleship. Some people call it coaching. Some people call it mentoring. Some people call it whatever you want to call it. It's it's the working it out together, equipping one another. Hey, this is what you need to do. Come watch me do it, and then I'll go with you while you're doing it, and we'll talk about it together, and then we'll hold each other accountable, and then we're praying like crazy over it. That takes time. You can't just put that in the microwave. Hit a button and go. And that, I think, is what we, and I am say we, I. So I'm standing in front of you saying, Lord, have mercy. Help us to add this component. And that component often is done Often, not always, in small groups, oftentimes uh, groups segregated uh, along the lines of gender, because you know there's just some things you can talk about. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Um, in addition to a community group, in addition to you know other groups, but but there's that there's this intense whatever you want to call it discipleship that I think, yeah. All right, so we're gonna now we're gonna just blow through the pathway. You see it on your notes there, right? So we've defined a disciple, we've, we've, we've painted the portrait, we've developed some metrics, those six things, living by, living by, living by. We've, dis, we've defined the uh, discipleship, um, uh, discipleship, what is that? We've looked at the stages of discipleship, so we've given discipleship a one-sentence definition, and then we've given it a stage, evangelism for non-convert, new convert, and then church member. And then we've, given, we've asked ourselves in each one of these stages, what do they need to know and what do they need to do? Okay? Now we're going to look at the pathway to discipleship. All right? And so in your notes, I'm going to blow through these because this is kind of the bulk. We're going to kind of tease this out as the, as the, as the, the Go 301 course uh, continues. We're also going to talk about uh, theology stuff. But So number one, the connect piece is Sunday morning, Worship, Bible 45, children's ministry. So that's about to happen. There's people hovering outside that door saying, hurry up, Al, you've got five more minutes. We've got to set this room up for the kids. Two, small groups, the grow piece. Community groups. We have all, we have men, we have women. Uh, small groups include youth. Small group includes the equip, which I'm trying to get equip college and career, but 
you know, people still know it as singles. You guys got me. Uh, outreaches, okay? These are specialized small groups, whether it's here locally for Mercy Ministries or an evangelism outreach or Christmas near the beach or, you know, whatever, or in Nicaragua, they're outreaches, okay? Or Turkey, you know, whatever. Here's one that I want to just start thinking about. Discipleship or growth groups or pods. Now, I was way, way, way too specific there. And I'm probably going to edit that bi-weekly thing out, okay? So let me just edit that out. But, uh, so edit, just put a line through it there for me. And in the, in the uh, audio, I'm editing the bi-weekly thing out. But let's just, let's just talk about that, what that could look like. Okay, we don't have those going on right now, at least not official. All right, uh, next one on one. I think we do have a lot of that where we just get together, have a coffee. Hey, you know, let's read the word. Hey, you know, sister so and so, brother so and so, let's meet or couples. Hey, you know, can we talk about our marriage? Yeah, sure, let's have dinner together. We are doing that, that's good. Hospitality, just having fun together and then serving one another, whether it's helping someone move, doing babysitting, you know, whatever it is. That's how we do it. And then ministry teams. All right. Now, you see where it says go there? I, I, I want to, I yes, yes and no. The, the go piece is to go make disciples. It, we don't fulfill the go piece of go and make disciples by just being on a ministry team in the church. It's one way we can. But, you know, we're making disciples every, wherever we live, wherever we work, wherever we play, and where we worship, obviously. Duh. Okay. And then partnerships in the city, you'll see that there are, I think, uh, what, five different ministries that we currently are partnering with, primarily because members of those ministries or leaders are in our church. By the way, Jeannie Pernia uh, texted me this morning saying, hey, I won't be at church this morning. I'm going to go over to Riverside Baptist, and I'm sharing my testimony as they're you know, looking at how they can help with Sanctity of Life. Jeannie uh, runs in, with Heartbeat, the Sanctity of Life. Uh, we've got his house, which we have Sabrina and I believe um, Sasha. We've got uh, Life of Freedom Center, which is Kevin and Claudia Abeg. Christmas Near the Beach, which are the McDaniels, and, and we're helping them. And then Cornwall Alliance, which is um, Cal Beisner. I'm excited, guys. God is moving. And this is the goal. And we will do this until the day we die. And then when we're dead, those behind us will do it until Jesus comes back. Because this is what he came to do. So let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would give us grace and that we would obey your word, that you would encourage us because it's hard work. Lord, it's hard work for me to be a disciple, for me to walk in all these things, much less to turn around and, and try to make disciples out. We're weak. We often falter. But you are strong and you never falter. So would you make us disciples? Would you give us grace to make those in our lives, our spouses, our friends, the, those we live with, work with, our children, and then give Palm Vista the grace to be a disciple-making church, Lord, in the sphere that you've assigned to us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.